The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets and threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This summer has felt like the summer of pulling weeds. It seems like that's all that I'm doing, pulling weeds in front of our house, behind the house, next to the garage, on the patio, everywhere I go, I'm pulling weeds. You know the fun part about pulling weeds? It never ends. Every time you think you're done, they come right back. You can yank them out of the ground at the root, spray right where you pulled them to prevent future growth, go back for a week and come back, I guarantee you there will be more weeds to pull, which is very frustrating as a person who has tried to plant plants to make sure the soil's perfect, the sunlight's just right, the water is immaculate, and can't keep them alive. And yet, seeds of these weeds seem to grow on their own will. And that, you see, is like the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a guy who goes into his field and sows weed seeds in an effort to sort of see what'll happen. And it grows into the biggest of shrubs. Now, is this a smart move? I can't say. Is it going to kill the rest of his crop? Probably. But this is the kingdom of heaven that Jesus presents us with today. The kingdom of heaven is like a guy who trespasses on someone else's property to go digging for treasure and then finds it and then buys the property from the landowner. Now, does this seem a bit dishonest? Yeah at best. Some of us call this thievery, actually, but this is the way the kingdom of heaven works. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl trader who trades away all his pearls for one pearl. And I'm told that's bad business. You're supposed to diversify your portfolio. And here's this guy literally putting himself out of business to gain this single pearl. Today, all together, we have five 
different strange images of the kingdom of heaven. Strange, and yet strangely familiar. Now notice, these all begin with the kingdom of heaven is like, but I can't help but hear the beginning of a fairy tale too. Once upon a time. But you see, the thing is this, this isn't Greek or Roman mythology. These stories aren't populated by gods clashing against each other or, or beasts of mythological origin. These aren't even Aesop's fables, but talking animals. These stories that Jesus tells us are boring. They're mundane. It, it, it's about the average things of life, events that we'd otherwise never even pay attention to or people we see each and every day. These are stories of, of tenant farmers and bakers, of merchants and fishermen. The realities of the heavenly realm are strangely down to earth, as it turns out, which seems really appropriate. Because the one telling the stories is God on earth, Jesus himself, the incarnated one. And John the baptizer, who far before this, was the one to announce this incarnation moment, to announce the coming of the divine and flesh, began his first sermon by saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And the stories that we hear today that Jesus shares are all about the nearness of God, the nearness of the realm of God here. And Jesus is trying to help us and the disciples to understand their experience of that realm in this life. Which leads me to my favorite part of our gospel today. The very end, after telling all of these bizarre stories, Jesus looks to his disciples and says, do you understand? And what do they do? They go, yeah, of course, of course we understand. Which is funny, because I've learned in my life, if you ask someone or are asked, do you understand? That's a pretty loaded question. It's like flashbacks to sophomore year of high school and chemistry class, when my teacher would look out at the class and go, do you understand? And I'd look, look to the right, look to the left, and everyone's going like this, and so I just instinctively start shaking my head in agreement, even though I understood no part of what was just said, but I wanted to spare myself the embarrassment and everyone else the torture of the same lecture a fifth time because Zach doesn't get it. Part of me wonders if that's what's going on here. The disciples are, are so overwhelmed by these stories, so confused by what Jesus is saying that they've just sort of agreed to the terms and conditions, right? Clear as mud kind of a situation. They just nod in agreement. And, and I say this because if we fast forward in Scripture, what we're going to find out is that they really still misunderstand quite a bit. They don't understand what Jesus talks about when he tells them he has to die so that he can live again. They, they don't understand his teachings. In fact, many of them act in ways that very much show they don't fully understand. But maybe that's part of it today. Maybe our job isn't to explain or even understand the divine. Maybe these, these are meant as experiences. The parables are meant as experiences to help us understand our experience of the divine. And maybe that's the key. These stories are mundane because they reflect the experiences of our mundane day-to-day -day lives in ways that reveal something truly divine. These stories at their base are surprising. Something as small 
as a mustard seed can become the greatest of shrubs. A single-celled organism in yeast can create enough bread for an entire wedding feast. These stories are rather inexclusive. Once that grand shrub has been created, all the birds in the air find a home in it. Once that net is brought up out of the sea, all the fish are in the net. Whether they be deemed good or bad doesn't matter. They all have a place in the net. These stories are subversive, where you have this treasure hunter tricking a landowner into selling him this piece of land with great treasure found therein. Maybe. Maybe rather than trying to explain away the nuances of Jesus' stories, maybe rather than trying to understand how they affect our lives, maybe what Jesus is doing is showing us that in our daily lives we already experience the realities of this kingdom. That maybe he's encouraging us to become storytellers of our own faith and how it is that we experience that in our daily lives lives. The surprising ways that a small idea can grow into something great. Like the idea to push shopping carts in a 4th of July parade can lead to the outpouring of generosity from a community to ensure our neighbors are fed. Or, or to tell stories about God's radical inclusivity. The kingdom of heaven it's like a congregation who puts beautiful rainbow banners on their front porch to ensure their neighbors know that this place is inclusive of love, God's love for all people in all places. Maybe, maybe it's, it's stories that are subversive, new ways of doing things we've always done one way. The kingdom of heaven is like a congregation thrust into online worship because of a global pandemic. Learning to, to worship outside all the way through and including into the month of October in the Midwest. But therein, finding community in a new way. Finding growth, finding opportunity. A small idea leading to amazing things. And I'm gonna be honest, quite often, I don't understand how these things work. I don't understand why these things work, why this little seed that we cast not expecting much turns into this grand thing that provides safe space for so many. But time and time again, the ministry that we share reflects this reality. And that's why my encouragement to you today is to look around and to see where are those stories in your life. Where are you experiencing the kingdom of God in mundane ways? Because I think that's what Jesus is pushing for us to do. And if we begin to see the kingdom of God in our daily lives, we will understand that the work of that kingdom is far from over. And we will find our place in that work. An opportunity to do little things that lead to amazing things. To share Christ's love with the world because the kingdom of God is here, now, among you. In this day, we are privileged to welcome a child into that kingdom in our midst, to celebrate the life-giving waters of baptism as a community 
in God's presence, a community of God's kingdom. So thanks be to God for this opportunity and this day. Amen.